So, the health department has confirmed that two new COVID-19 variants that are dominant in India and the UK have been detected in South Africa. Uh, On Saturday, the Institute confirmed that the COVID-19 variant first detected in India, the B16172, is in the country with four confirmed cases. Another variant of concern, the B117, first detected in the UK, has also arrived here, like, you know, like a visit, Mm. has also arrived here. On home soil, with its bags, and yeah, stuff. hey, dude, like mm. with government, vacation. yeah, uh, with yeah. government <laughs> confirming, uh, there are now eleven confirmed cases in SA. And uh, to chat to us more about this, we've got um, Professor Musamu Shabela, UKZN Acting Deputy Vice Chancellor for the Research and Innovation. Good afternoon to you, Professori. Good afternoon, Glenzito. Good to have you on the show. Thank you very much, and uh, greetings to the listeners. Excellent. How's the weather there in KZN? You know how we roll. Yo. <laughs> Fact, Devin rocks. Thank you very much. <laughs> Welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you. So, Professor, what do we know about these new variants? Yeah, I think there's been a lot of uh, concern and uh, fear and mm. sometimes anger as well around these variants. Yes. The way we know them, we know, especially the one from uh, the twelfth from in India, we know them from the images that we have seen um, on on the TV around what's happening in India. And so we have a particular image of what they can do. But actually, the truth is with the evidence that we have at the moment, uh, these variants seem to be transmissible, highly transmissible, both the one in, from the UK and the one from India but not necessarily more than the variant that we are already familiar with in South Africa, the B1351, mm. not necessarily. So my view is that, you know, we, shouldn't, we should be concerned, but not necessarily worried, because we have dealt with highly transmissible variants in South Africa, and we did manage to bring it out of, uh, under control, you know, through December and January. It was rough, but eventually we managed to bring it under control, and we had a bit of a break up until now. Mm. So... Um, that's that's what I would say. I think that the concern here is that they seem to be aggressive and dangerous. But I'm trying to say that you know, with the evidence we have, not necessarily more than our own variant in South Africa. Okay, because that was going to be my next question. So, could we get to a point where these variants become, you know, vaccine resistant? We don't know about the future, mm. but with the evidence we have so far, and I'll tell you how we know. So this, this variant have already been distributed in many parts of the world. So the one from the UK, for example, is in over 100 countries, and mm. the one from India is in over 30 countries. Mm. And in all these countries where they already have large-scale vaccination rollouts, they are not seeing any reduced efficacy. So we are feeling confident that the vaccines we have are going to have enough efficacy against this variant. So in terms of the vaccine, it's not a concern. And it's also the reason why we need to kind of rapidly ramp up the the vaccination rollout so that we've got fewer people who are susceptible to to this variant. Okay. So, I mean, for for government to be able to contain these variants, obviously there has been... Uh, calls have been mounting for for us to consider tightening 
uh, entry restrictions for travelers mm-hmm. from, from India? I mean, will closing the border make a difference uh, at this point? Or well, is it too late? Yeah, well, I think that it's a good it's a good question. It's something mm. that to think about. On the one hand, people who are making arguments for it, they've got a good point. Mm. But also there are other people who are arguing against the closing the borders, and they also have a good point. So mm. we have to really balance that argument to say, what is the right suitable balance for us at this point? And my view is that uh, the, there's no need to close borders now. And one is that, you know, we... You remember in March last year when we first had this virus, this COVID-19, yes. we wanted to close borders. All of the cases were imported, and we felt like we could be safer by just shutting borders so that it doesn't come. It's only New Zealand that has succeeded mm. in, because it's an island in effectively using the closing of borders. But even there, they still had to use other mechanisms like quarantine and so forth. It's not going to work for us. It doesn't. Work. It hasn't worked, and we will cause more problems for ourselves. And you're going to do it. Close uh, a flight from India. What about someone who's going to fly through Dubai or the UK or Ethiopia? Mm. Then you're going to have to then close flights from all these places. Then what about ships? Mm. You must close harbors. Then what about uh, borders, uh, gates? You, you must close the gates. So we can't really stop this. 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 This variants that way, especially because now they will travel to other countries. It's not going to be India. It's going to be mother, other countries where these variants can come from. So the issue of the borders, I think that people, we just need to temper emotions around it and then say that, look, it's not the best thing to, to do now, but what is it that we can do? I think that we can do better in terms of surveillance. The fact that we picked up these variants through the border, it means that uh, through the harbor, it means that we have mechanisms to pick it up. We need to strengthen surveillance. Make sure that any sort of uh, risk that comes through the borders, we are able to pick it up. That, for me, would be the biggest thing. And then the rest of it, it's about us following the precaution measures so that we don't transmit, we don't acquire infection, and succeed the same way we use with the tools that we succeed in bringing, uh, in bringing down the 351 variant that is dominant here. Do you believe that we are starting a third wave and should we be looking at uh, adjusting the lockdown to contain this situation? You know, uh, Len, if you asked me two weeks ago, I would have said, "Mm, you know, it seems to be beginning. It's still in smaller provinces, Northern Cape, Free State. But now seeing that Houting is coming up and KZN seems to be lining up as well, then once you've got the bigger provinces come into play, then we are likely to see in cases increase at a much faster rate. Mm. So I would say that we are at the beginning of a, of a third wave. And, uh, you know, we need to really make sure that we tighten our, our measures of preventing spread of infection. Mm. Let's hope things don't get out of hand. Appreciate the time, Professor. Thank you very much, Len. Excellent. Professor Musa uh, Mushabela there, UKZN Acting Deputy Vice-Chancellor for Research and Innovations. Yeah, he says this... UK strain and the Indian tr- uh, strain are not are not that bad. So destructive. Mm-hmm. Mm? Okay. Mm, that's what he said. So yeah, man, you had it from the horse's mouth. Yeah, we had it from an academic. Yeah. Okay. Via academia. <laughs> we play more local music than the law allows. Radio two thousand. Radio two thousand. Feel good music. Radio two thousand.